I thought that was a lottery, the MAGA millions. It's, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. What's it up to now? I'm not <laughs> 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 I'm not Everybody, welcome to Bros, Bibles, and Beers, the BB Pod. This is Jeff. It is episode 150. Wow. It is election week. Zach, how you doing? Count every vote or don't. Andy? This election's like that bitch who celebrates her birthday all week long. Scott? Lou, the her. Jeff? <laughs> Trump lost. <laughs> oh, well done. Well, allegedly... Uh, I pulled that one out of the last second. Or did he? I <laughs> liked it, and you articulated it well. Thank you. Well, that is fantastic, guys. Great Gold. articulation. It was interesting. <laughs> well, here we are. We're in the midst of maybe uh, maybe an election that's still continuing. Bum, 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 we might be, and we don't... Be, we're missing... Scott, and uh, we just got a text from him right before pressing go that he lost track of time. He's drinking with a friend. Which means he's counting votes right now in Georgia. What? <laughs> <laughs> or is it Alaska? I think they're still not all Alaska. <laughs> you know what, guys? The, oh, I remembered what I was going to say now. America sucks at elections. That's what I was going to say after you said my yeah, name at the do. beginning. <laughs> we just do. do not. And I, I feel like it's intentional. Like both sides would like to be able to take advantage of things to the best of their ability because we could have some standardized setup that's relatively simple and doesn't involve brand new applications that some places use and some places don't. And again, if you don't know me, I'm a nonpartisan. I'm voraciously, is that a word? Nonpartisan. You got it. But we suck at elections. But what happened to the independent? They only got like a hundred thousand votes compared to four hundred thousand six or four years ago. That Gary Johnson and now Joe Jorgens. Oh, you mean he got over five million? No, no, I mean just in California. Oh, I think it was four hundred thousand. I was going back and looking statistics because that's what all Republicans are doing this week. We're looking really deeply into statistics and seeing if there's some flaws and flags, red flags that could, you know, we could really be like, you know what? God has ordained me to really look into this. You did say we. Well, I have a friend going to Washington, D.C. for the MAGA Million March in Washington. I don't know. I don't know. That's what's happening. There's, a, the, Ma- there's a MAGA Million March? Yeah. Ma- 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 I thought that was a lottery, the MAGA Millions. <laughs> it's, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> what's it up to now? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not joking, guys. Uh, let's see. It is, there he is. Um, yep. Uh, calling all patriots, millions of Trump supporters will be marching from the Supreme Court in Washington, D.C. to the White House on Saturday, November 14th. Hashtag Million MAGA March. And he's going there. Um, wow. And they are, uh, they're going to, I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to march. I look forward to a report from you. <laughs> uh, he went back and forth with me. I'm like, yeah, if, you know, if uh, if it comes out that you know there was some shenanigans going on, then I'm I'm leave it up to the Republican Party and uh, the Trump administration to figure it out. And if not, uh, and if it was all in the up and up, then hey, kudos to the Democrats for doing what they did uh, with the mail-in balloting thing, and uh, they were not going to get defeated after the last election. That was a sad night for them, and so they're like, we're pulling out all the stops. So I feel like we should say before we go further that uh, we are recording this on November 9th. It is a Monday. 
and there's the timestamp. There it is. So we know what you know as of this date and things will change, I'm sure. But currently, uh, the it's been called for Biden by basically the media. I don't think there's an official lock it in calling no. of uh, for Biden, uh, but the media has taken it upon itself to declare that and he's running with it as anybody would do in that situation. So what, what I don't if, know that we're going to talk about this the whole time. No, we're we're not, just kind of winging it, but I just want to say I just need another 10 minutes, another 10 minutes. If <laughs> sure. I <could>. Sure. <laughs> but we do actually have word. I'll go right off the d- top. We have word from the great televangelist, Kenneth Copeland. Yes. <laughs> Whoa. The media said what? <laughs> the media said Joe Biden's president. Ha 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 His mouth is open so wide. He's getting a standing ovation now. Oh my gosh. Let's keep it going. We got another 10 seconds. (laughs) And the haws have it. In the world, that's so weird. Oh that's god. so weird. Oh my god, that's so good, is what it is. I don't even. I don't even know why it's good. It's just good. <laughs> it's it. It's like uh, that is in that fantastic. movie, The Christmas Story. Oh, when, when he's sitting on the uh, oh yeah, he's sitting on oh. Santa's lap. It sounds like ho ho ho. Yeah. <laughs> And as a reminder, uh, that's the guy that uh, prayed the COVID away uh, about seven months ago. Oh, that's right. He got rid of execute judgment on you, COVID nineteen. Oh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> with a hype man in the background. Oh, Ramash. <laughs> He's like, no, COVID, not Ramash. We got rid of Ramash last week. Well, uh, well, this morning, God came in the form of Pfizer, who said, we have a vaccine for coronavirus, and it knocks out 90% of the patients. <laughs> knocks out 90% of the patients. <laughs> <laughs> well, when it times are desperate, fixing. you got to approve things that are a little sketchy. Look, once you take this, you're not going to have to worry about COVID anymore. We can promise you that. It, this shot comes with a casket. It, you won't have any problems. Oh, oh, oh. Well, in the spirit of the time we're in, uh, in November, I'm, I just want to say I'm thankful for you guys. You're thankful? I'm thankful. Is, is that what you're drinking tonight? I, oh, you, I got a Sierra Nevada thankful IPA. That's dank. How is that? It's generously hoppy. 7.4% ABV, uh, which is the associate's beverage vendor, if you're wondering. That's what that means. Do you think the guys just get filthy drunk when they're coming up with their names for their next beer? Like, this is dank. Well, anything that involves dank, I'm guessing they got high yeah. and then went okay. through a serious brainstorming session. Well, would, you would you know. like one, you Andy? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much. It is very good. Hold on. I'm going to give it the sniff test. Gosh, your hands are so big. It looks like a I little know, like can. A, it just this looks can like a little does look little. Can. Are these smaller? <gasps> are they trimming off the top and not telling us? Remember when Coke did that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When Coke went to the smaller cans? The mini cans. Same price. I noticed ice cream, too. Either your hands have grown, Andy, or that can is small. I'm a man. 
<laughs> what can I say? I'd like to see his hands next to Trump's. <laughs> Trump's little baby hands. This is good. I like this. I would drink it. I, like you are right, drinking it. Like right now, I'll drink it. Uh, speaking of dankful, what are you guys dankful for this this uh, November? Snow. Yeah. It is, it is starting to snow, and my skis, I could hear my skis talking to me <laughs> from the other room at home. Like, the snow's coming, Jeff. You're going to ride me. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's the cold open. <laughs> Sweet nothings. So, uh, uh, did, I, I would just like to get a 10-second snippet of when you woke up the next morning after election night, what was your immediate impression and or like first activities right away? Do you remember? Can I caveat it with going to bed the night before? Sure. Um, I'll keep it PG. My (laughs) wife and I slept together. Whoa. Um, I mean... Is this kind of the same vein of the ski thing? Skis? Interesting you say vein. Never mind. Actually, we... We literally went to bed. We sleep in the same bed. It's not like I love Lucy. I know there's been rumors around the BBB fandom uh, that we sleep in separate beds, but (laughs) same bed, went to bed thinking, oh my gosh, did Trump do it again? The the momentum was such that it looked like it was possible. I'm killing it. And so I I had complicated feelings. I didn't know what to make of that because I am in a privileged place that... I would say most Americans are in where there's not going to be a huge difference. Only in tone will there be, there be a difference. And I know that's not a popular opinion in the nation right now. And for certain people, there is a big difference and people are very afraid in certain circles. I get that. Um, but that's not the majority of people. And so I woke up thinking, all right, let's see what happened. And then you start to look at stories and it looked like things flipped a little bit when people went to sleep and so it was like, wow, this this is interesting. If this goes, and I know I said that, Jeff. I'm sorry. That's one. If you're doing the drinking game, when I say interesting, that's your first one. Thank you. I'll allow it. Nice, Andy. Yeah, I'm going to try to work that in every okay. angle in tonight. And uh, yeah, so th- there it is. Just Just complicated thinking, okay, even if Biden pulls this out, it's obviously close enough. And even though, like we said, it's declared right now, unofficially, that Biden is the man um, and Kamala, the woman, uh, it's it's not over. And it's I'm just a little worried that it could get super ugly. Part of me wishes Trump would just go away gracefully and like do something nobody expects and flip the script on the narrative of, of him by just saying, you know what? Good race. Well done congratulations, peaceful transition of power. You'll get no gripes from me, but that's not going to happen. That's not in his nature. What about you, Jeff? Well, I couldn't sleep that, that night. I just, I, I knew that there was a lot of mail and balloting. I just didn't know what was coming in. And when I saw that, um, that there was such large margins in certain areas, I'm like, holy mackerel, um, it's going to be a wipeout, um, for Trump. (laughs) And because there was just states that, you know, Wisconsin, Georgia, uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, all those states. I'm like, this is going to be a clean sweep. And I 
couldn't sleep. I actually laid down to bed and couldn't sleep. I was up until <clears throat> at least 3 a.m. and staring at my phone, staring at the NBC statistics that were coming through. And I actually saw the jump that people talked about the next day of it was either 120 or 150,000 votes just shot across into the board. Uh, and all of a sudden, Biden was ahead in um, Wisconsin or Michigan, and he was he was losing by 117,000. And within a millisecond, nobody else had moved. And I was actually taking snapshots of the tallies, and then and then like continuing forward and like okay, I'm delete these, keep going forward, and see like how how much progress people are making in the Senate races and stuff. And my I was just I was I didn't have anxiety, but I had this like needing to know what the hell is going on um, because things were changing drastically the moment Joe Biden came out, which I can't remember ever happening, a president coming out when they're not giving a concession speech or an acceptance speech. He came out and said, all right, everybody go to bed. And then some other states said, we're not going to count anymore. And that's all that was happening throughout the night. Like votes just kept pouring in. I'm like, what in the hell is going on? Yeah. So I finally went to bed at like 3 a.m. I get up at 6.30 and the like tidal wave of uh, change had come in. I'm like, wow, wow. And then I started looking. I'm like, okay, if this is going to go down this way, all right. Uh, and I just started staring at the Senate race cuz I'm like holy macro if there's a super majority I, I you can move stuff in government a little bit if there's a super majority so that's I I just started staring at that I'm like come on Georgia come on but right before we get to Andy uh super majority thing often doesn't go the way you think and uh, Trump had it his first two years. So did Barack Obama. And mm -hmm. Bush had it um, <clears throat> for a little bit. And I remember when Bush had it, I was super Republican at the time. And I remember being pissed because they didn't really do anything with that power. And um, looking back, it just... Trump, I guess he did the tax cuts in the first two years, but right. not much else. Um you know, given how much he wanted to do. So I, it can be frustrating. And I, I think the Democrats, if I could say a word, prepare to be frustrated. And I think Joe Biden um, might be a little relieved that the Republicans still have the Senate because he gets to blame any gridlock right. on them. Certainly. And I think he is not, he is not a crazy liberal in the sen in the way that AOC is. And I mean that affectionately, he's not as left as some segments of that party. And so I think he would like to have the Republicans as a whipping boy to uh, be like, hey, sorry, I, I, they're, they're tying my hands. Uh, that was a terrible impression of him, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I, before Andy, work on that. Before Andy uh, gives us, you let's know, keep this up. Let's just keep opining, yeah, and then uh, right yeah. before we get to Andy, <laughs> yeah, before we get to, let uh, me ask you the question. I'll give you my ten minute answer. But go watch Monday Night Football. Can you just text me when it's my turn? <laughs> when you're done, and I can hit stop so, on the. Uh, so I'm surrounded by Democrats uh, to the left and across the street and diagonal. It's just. It's Democrat nation. I mean, there's literally two Berkeley lawyers across the street. Uh, nice family. Got a couple of girls. They've been masked up even in their yard for six months. And uh, they 
they came out this weekend which with you know, woo, no masks, anything. It was like celebration. The people next to them were champagne glasses out in the driveway and everybody was like, woo, you know, high-fiving or, or like clanging glasses. I'm like, wow, <laughs> we went from masks, social distancing, stay in your house to celebrate good times, high-five. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. I'm so happy now. And I went over and I joined the party and I'm like, hey, how's it going? Wow. I didn't even say like, you guys won. I just was like, this is good. I like to see my community out and about and chatting away and smiles on their faces and asking me questions. I'm like, all right, we got, we got neighborhood back. Well, I'm proud of you that you were able to not take advantage of the total Karen moment you could have had right then. Well, he poisoned their food too. (laughs) (laughs) So they're going to have diarrhea for a month. (laughs) That's not champagne. (laughs) Um, So the, the election, this was the first time in my life that I wasn't, that I didn't watch any mainstream television. television at all for it so mm. i was straight going through youtube yeah to get all of my all the live streams and i was bouncing between live streams and Crazy. i felt like it was so much better because uh number one like they could swear so that was great right <laughs> real life yeah but uh, you weren't interrupted all the time by a bunch of commercials and the personalities are more interesting and feels like the dialogue is more interesting and the, and um, the analysis is more interesting. So that was kind of fun, but I think I just wonder like how many people across the nation have made that shift to where Mm, like, is this, is this a, is this a moment where we, we can look back on and go, okay, this is a point. This is a tipping point. And, People are going outside of the typical channels to get their information now. I believe so. And uh, especially as the the geriatrics start to get more geriatric-y, I mean, that's kind of who watches cable TV. Now, a lot of those places are doing live streams or versions of it um, for the debates and stuff. I didn't notice a whole lot of... I guess you could do C-SPAN and maybe one of the NBCs, you could live stream it. Right, uh, right. But I was bounced around between like Rogan and Rogan had Kyle Kalinsky, I think his name is really sharp dude. And I, uh, I, he's pretty far on the left, but he's a really smart dude. And you get honest takes from him. He's not a talking point machine, which is what drives me nuts about any party. Even when I agree with somebody, if it's, if it's rehashed talking points, it's just like, check out of that. He's smart. I went to the Young Turks for a while and they're way on the left. And that was during a little bit of Trump momentum. And I'm not going to lie. I was enjoying it a little bit because they were starting to lose their shit a little bit. Totally. And it's like, that's what I love about that format though. And that channel is that that's who they are. You're, there's not going to be sure, like this, yeah. this news voice. I've, right. You can trust me because I'm like this and I have to pretend to not have feelings and then it's just fake. Well, I like that you got so. the, the host like uh, Crowder, uh, walking around, Crowder. He's walking around the set, you know, like this is fantastic. But he's the, drinking wild turkey the whole time. <laughs> yeah. But here's, here's a, a good, um, you know, 
take what you want from this. But my 16 year old ended up sitting down and he's like, Oh, that's, that's ladder with Crowder. He does the interview stuff. And, and yeah, I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Oh yeah, that's right. And next thing I know, you know, thinking about like the future of where we get our information, here's this young buck watching this politics, uh, you know, analysis with me. And I kind of, after an hour of him sitting there, wow! I know I looked over and I'm like, holy mackerel, he's engaged in listening to this. If I were to flip over to Fox or CNBC or whatever, he, he, I'm, I, he would check out. It's news. Yeah. I would probably check out. Well, I did. I didn't go there. Right. Right. And it wasn't until you guys sent me, somebody sent me a message like, oh, you got to watch Crowder. And I turned this on. I'm like, oh, this is way better. (laughs) Way, way better. Because I feel like I'm getting a little bit of uh, It's entertaining. (laughs) At the very least, it's super entertaining. Totally. uh, And so that that part was fun. But I, I didn't feel moved by... The last election, I didn't feel moved by this election. No. I just kind of woke up and was like, oh, weird, huh? Well, I guess we'll find out in a month. We'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> but on, it was really interesting. Uh, at church on Sunday, I feel like there was... Oh, you go to church? So much sensitive. <laughs> you didn't go, did you? Not this no, now. I did not see. I did not see Zach. No. That was Zach exciting. <laughs> nope. I looked for him on stage, downstage, upstage. Ew! You went to church all over stage. Hmm. Noted. <clears throat> Somebody <laughs> told my wife, "Do you have a mask?" And my wife's like, "No," and I'm not wearing one. I'm like, "Oh, welcome to church." <laughs> <laughs> uh, it felt like there was there was uh, extra sensitivity. Yeah, and. I can see why. And in the same breath, part of me is like, well, like if I'm being honest, part of me wanted to not, I I, I, I don't know. I, I thought, I thought it was, it was both done well and I could criticize it at the same time, which is, I would also want to keep encouraging people, which Todd kind of did a good job of like, Hey, regardless of how things went for you, this is not, this is not the end positive or negative, right? This is not, this is not the place to place your hope in ultimately. Um, but it just, I don't know what it was. Maybe it, maybe it was just me kind of going like, okay, it feels like in, in such a heavy, 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 heavy political season, everything's just amped up to 11 and it's bleeding into Sunday mornings. Sometimes maybe it was the effect of like, you know, when, when we turn on sports now, a lot of times we do that for an escape and we would do that regardless like of the season. Like, right. And, um, and I don't mean like sports season, I mean, whether it's a political season or flu season or COVID season, whatever the season is, we, we do that for an escape. That's why we watch movies. It's because I want to take my mind off the things that are, that are going on in this world. And so when it Andy bleeds, knows flu and COVID are different <laughs> listeners. Okay. <laughs> don't get hung up on that. It's just a prop on his overarching story. Continue. Fact check, fact check, false. <laughs> and and so there was a part of me that that um, lo- would love uh, like cl- clean. I don't know. I, I'm I'm a little bit torn with this as as I'm like saying it out loud. I I'm feeling a little bit contradicted in my own spirit. Just do it. But but there is part of me that would be like, hey, you know, we've all been talking about all this stuff so much. 
I'd be okay if you just pulled something out that was like way deep left field and you were like, hey, this week we're going to be talking about um, Moses and the Israelites wandering in the desert for 40 years. And, and we're going to talk about that. And it's, and it may feel like it has nothing to do at all with whatever's going on today. And I'd be like, that, that sounds great. I'm, I'm all right with that. Yeah. Now, now I'm conflicted too, because I don't, I don't need this like clean separation between. Regarding, <clears throat> regarding our beliefs. Nice. Uh, God, the God talk. I've heard many people. I've seen it online. I've seen comments on uh, social media. I've heard it from uh, people very close to me. They're like, you know what? God has got this. Um, you know, whatever happens, you know, whoever's the president or the virus, you know, God's got this. I'm like, um, I don't believe that things are preordained. I believe it's how we respond to, like, if you were a huge Trumper and Trump loses and Biden wins, it's your response has to be a, a, a godly response. Like, oh, you know, I live in the United States. We have elections. This person won. I was for this person and they lost. And um, you know what? This is okay. Because, you know, as we've talked to talked before, like one person, one president, it's moving the Titanic and yeah. nothing. I mean, hardly anything ever changes, as you said, even in a supermajority. So giving things, you can say, you know, giving it to God, but there's still action that we take. Certainly my neighbors across the street that I don't see that, haven't seen that much in the last nine months are all of a sudden outside. I'm like, yippee. And what changed? <laughs> what do you mean? The only thing that changed, because right. technically nothing's settled yet, is their perception. Right. And it, it right. was like a release valve for them. Yes. And it was a release valve for half the country. Um, some of which, I mean, just like tears and crying. And, right. Uh, which, and man, I, I wish people didn't have to deal with that, but, and I'm glad those yeah. people are feeling better. But then there's also the flip side of that. Like we were talking earlier about Van Jones. There's a clip of CNN's Van Jones. I don't have it. Oh, the crying one. But he was crying and it was real. It wasn't like news pundit faking. Uh, he was crying, like really but legit crying. Weeping. Uh, yeah. And it's, I don't know which is worse, if it was fake or if it was real. Right. <laughs> that's, that's an interesting thought experiment. Well, but be, I, oh, go ahead. I, I was thinking of like, even in the midst of crying because... I don't remember exactly what he said. He feels like he can be a better father now and he doesn't have to like lie to his kids or he can be honest about his kid to his kids about how things are changing. And maybe that person at the supermarket doesn't have to worry about being getting racist at racist people talking to them. But did did you say racist? Yeah, yeah, I did (laughs) guys. Where do you live? I'm just tossing a word salad. It's what I'm doing. Uh, what's your favorite dressing, Jeff? <laughs> Never mind, I don't care. You want pepper on that? You get a dry <laughs> salad, Jeff. <laughs> uh, but at the very end of it, it it was interesting that there's your second there's your one. second one that's strike two. Third strike, I hit stop on the computer and the podcast is over. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I thought people were just going to get drunk. Well, thanks for the warning, Andy. Mm-hmm. Oh, on you. <laughs> but at the end of his cr- crying, he flipped it back and was like, I'm happy for these 
people that won. And I feel, he actually said, I feel yeah. bad for yeah. the other half that whose person didn't win. And I believe him. Like he, he's a human man, a human being that he's got, I mean, the crying and everything, like how you get to a point where that's your perception that things are so bad and maybe they're, they are for the sake of argument, but he wasn't shitting on the other side. Like, like is going on so much. And I appreciated that. Yeah, that's fine. I'm wasn't, my point is not that he, I don't even know why I brought him up. Either way, I wanted to go back to faking it or real. I actually almost, I actually think the real, if, if those are genuine real tears, I think that's worse because what that tells me is he has placed all his faith and hope in political figures to, to own and run his life and the life of others. And that's, I mean, it's not a surprise. It's what his role is. He's designed his life around it because he's a political pundit now having been in, I think he was in Obama's, Obama's administration. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, um, that moment for me in 2008, when I realized, oh my gosh, uh, it doesn't matter who's elected. If you squint, you can't really tell much of a difference mm-hmm. from your general position. Totally. Like you were saying, Zach, at the beginning, like whoever gets, whoever's elected, like the m- most of us aren't going to experience drastic differences. I would caveat it with, and I want to throw a bone to our friend who is a, a listener that you'll know who I'm talking about and he knows who he is. Um, the, the reason he voted the way he did, which was not for Trump was because of all the people he knows in the immigrant community. And there were real changes that Trump did that affected those people perception and tangibly. I think mostly Trump Trump enabled the people who work for border patrol or ice or whatever. They enabled them to follow the rules that are already on the books. Cause maybe as we'll see in a few minutes, if we get to a couple clips, we'll see how these policies that are dehumanizing that a lot of people hate about Trump, they've been going on for a long time and they don't change with political parties. And I think that's intentionally, it's intentionally the case um, because I think politicians would rather have issues to beat, uh, beat their political rivals over the heads with, and also to scare the shit out of their constituents to enable more fundraising. And so instead of fixing issues, we're left with, in this case, an immigration system that I'm not going to fix right now that has been broken for a long time. And could, is, could you get on that though? It's just, I fear. will. It's fear or pandering that right. those are the things right. that are given. And so I totally agree. I just want to throw him a bone because it's, there are people for which it makes a difference depending on the actual laws. Even if laws don't change, sometimes like little regulations change or they, so some people will be affected, but you're right caveat over if you're an American citizen generally like, okay, Trump cut taxes for some people. Some of them went up marginally. We're talking about a couple percentages up or down. Uh, it we're trained to think it's a huge deal in the positive or the negative, no matter, no matter what is well, passed. It, it doesn't way, matter like, that much. Racism did not disappear under Obama. No. And it didn't disappear under Trump. And so Someone being a president does not that change. That's, that's the point. And that's why, like, when I see someone like a Van Jones who's crying, mm-hmm. it tells me 
your faith in that office is misplaced. Yeah. Yeah, completely. And if we're we're being honest, the place where you really need to be caring about is in Congress. Like that's where things actually will happen. Right. If, if like sweeping big measures that will make, will make changes that happens in Congress. Right. The president, I mean, you're going to get some executive orders and which are total bullshit, regardless of whichever side you're on. It's, it's a silly end run. I don't believe in that. It's like a, you know, when someone shoots somebody, it's like the gun, you know, guns don't kill people. People kill people. And with racism, it's, it's like the, the vote did not stop racism. You know, the vote doesn't, it's like there are people that may be racist and the, Joe Biden becoming president yeah. does not end that. Nothing stopped. I mean, <laughs> the slice, you know, the next best thing, you know, slice bread, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Barack Obama, whomever, going back in history, not much changed. I think there's a psychological impact, which I think we see there's from a tone someone, change. Yeah, with Van Jones. Well, definitely tone of people who there was such an emotional quality on the Biden side that and, and on the Trump side. And I think we're seeing that now that there's like this this conflict. Um, but the the idea of um, my guy won and this is what they say that they stood for. Really, it was just no one said we hate trump in we hate, in, we no, hate trump. in no debates did anyone say what they stood for all it was was a bunch of like blustering we believe we're not what we're going or to do we should we do we need to do this and we need to do that there was no plan it was just platitudes and 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 so you know i think if if anything i would hope that americans in general would walk away with a healthy amount of disillusionment with politics and be comfortable stepping away from it going, I don't rely on this person for my well-being and, and the good of myself. I don't rely on them to do good for my neighbors because there's a little bit of like uh, passing the buck that I wonder like, yeah, we really should help our neighbor. Government, can you come and help take care of that one? Right. Like I, I struggle against that kind of thinking. But anyway. I that, think you can... I guess we'll, we'll move on, but maybe in closing, you can trace the increase in government social safety nets, which I'm not opposed to that, uh, in principle, but with, I am. The, with the increase, increase of that, I am generally, but not like a hundred percent, but with the increase of that, you could see, you can trace that giving has gone, giving goes down because the government is taking on more of that role of taking care of people. And I just don't, the, the bigger and more further away or further away you get from a situation, let's just the state it's the farthest away from any particular situation who best knows how to take care of their community. It's the people in that community. And mm-hmm. so that's always the way it's going to do going to be best. And we've been kind of lulled into this thinking of, well, the state's going to do it. And, uh, you know, they can, but it always comes with strings attached and things like that. So I think, again, get outside, smile at a stranger. Uh, and if you amplify that to the nth degree, whatever nth is, you will have a community that is thriving and being taken care of because people are doing that for each other. So I know it's easier said than done. 
And I do appreciate how you did the CNN host part the Red Sea in closing. Nobody else gets to talk anymore. <laughs> well, I felt like Andy was transitioning. Maybe yeah, let's transition. So I was transitioning. I would like to I'm, be a I dog threw, tonight. I threw the alley oop. <laughs> well, we know each other so well. <laughs> I don't actually. I don't know. Oh God! Come on, can we talking move about on? church and the Bible and Jesus and stuff. Oh yeah. wait, what? All that stuff. Where's uh, Scott? No, Scott's not here. Let's keep going. No, go ahead. Oh, gross! I can't believe you guys went to church. I'm just kidding. I don't know why I keep doing that. <laughs> Gross. Um, I get it. For somebody like Van Jones, I don't know where his beliefs are. That's fine. I, I understand that reaction. But for people that profess to be following uh, King Jesus, quote unquote, if you're in Jesus' kingdom and you're following that leader, that should affect the way you are are acting. And I feel like a lot of Christians give lip service. I believe the pastor of the church that three of us go to, Todd, Todd Rod Godpod, former guest two times. Uh, That's not his last name. That's his podcast. Yes. Todd Rod Godpod. Uh, He, I believe him when he's talking about living, doing kingdom things and not being affected by the leaders or which way the tide is going politically. But I think most Christians give that lip service, but in reality, it's, it's almost like living a kingdom life. I hate that. I just said that, uh, but using language that most Christians will understand living a kingdom life is like lip service or it's like an ideal, like, yeah, that's nice, but I got to make sure my guy gets in power so that I can make things the way I want. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm losing patience for Christians that are saying one thing, but then they're basically, they want to get their Caesar in to do, to do their bidding or, mm. and we couch it in language that makes us feel comfortable. Like, well, this person's going to help these people and this, they're going to do this and uh, they're going to fix all these things. And we have this utopiaic utopian. Utopian, thank you. Um, Although I like utopia, yeah, 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 yeah. You, tapioca. I would hey. like, I would like to pause for a moment, and guys, look down at our feet. What do you see? God, we're all puma whores for Costco. Costco puma socks. We're all wearing Jeez. Costco puma socks. This, I will say, I do have nice, stylish socks on. You but have socks it's so, on socks. It's so damn cold, and people we are at soccer practice tonight. Rolling their eyes. I have two listening. pairs of socks on. Listener, he's wearing long socks under short socks, which is a new move. Yeah, I didn't think anyone would see him, but now, literally. Dozens of people know about my double socks. Well, this section of the uh, podcast has been brought to you unofficially by Puma's Costco socks. It's a utopian sock world. Puma's Costco socks. If your feet are really cold, you'll need another pair. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> well, how? Jeez. You had some clips, though. You you uh, clipped some things, right, Zach? Yeah. First, a transition. <laughs> 
Okay, Copeland is still going. We we know where he's at. <laughs> Forty minutes. Uh, we'll, we'll check back in on Copeland later. You know, it would be awesome if there was an app that would allow you to hack into your friend's phone and change their ringtone <laughs> to whatever you wanted it oh, to be. That'd be great. Andy's bringing that up because there is a way to do that. Because you can do that. <laughs> and if you go to the link for nine ninety five, <laughs> this part has been brought to you by HackYourFriendsPhone.com. <laughs> I'm guessing that's a website. It would be great. Because I, I would change all of your phones, both of you, to that laugh. <laughs> and then change the language to Russian or something. I, you can't. I still might. <laughs> all right. What do you got? So, Jimmy Dore, how's that? I said so. And then I lip smacked. Two things I wish I never did. We'll edit that out. Thank you. Jimmy Dore is a comedian, has a fairly popular YouTube channel. I think it's like a quarter million subscribers. That's more than our YouTube channel. Almost. Which is dormant. Close. Um, it's cobwebs. On. But he, he I, I like him. Now, he is a political progressive. I am not a political progressive. I hold individual views that, uh, depending on who I'm talking to, you can't box me in. Yeah, nobody puts liberal Zach or in conservative. The I believe what I want to believe. And if you start to agree with me too much, I'm going to go the other way. But Jimmy Dore, super li- like super left, like maybe left of Bernie Sanders. He definitely was not happy with Bernie Sanders. Whoa, uh, that's like, way left. When Bernie Sanders was talking about the need for a political revolution when he was in the primary. And then all of a sudden Joe's the winner. He's like, okay, did I endorse this guy? Um, (laughs) That's something that pissed this guy, pissed Jimmy Dore off because he's like, if we needed a political revolution, the answer isn't to just endorse the mainstream candidate. Uh, We need an actual political revolution. So what I like about him is he's honest it's less about his political views, although I do agree with his take on American foreign policy generally. And now, this is going to be some clips on him playing clips of uh, Stephen Colbert, who was in turn reacting to a recent Trump conference or speech. It was less a speech, but it was more Trump reacting and basically telling people to stop voting or stop counting the votes. Trump was reacting to this election stuff and basically not being the dignified people that everyone knows he's not. And Stephen Colbert was breaking down crying over the Trump speech. And the way that Jimmy Dore reacts to this uh, was amusing to me. And I think it brings out some interesting Gosh, dang it. I, I'm sorry. Are you going to forgive me for that one and we can keep podcasting? Because that was keep, number three. Keep it going. All right. So Stephen Colbert breaking down, like crying over the Trump speech. And uh, let's see. What's the first clip? Stephen Colbert. Jimmy Dore, Jimmy Dore, Jimmy Dore. Well, let's get to it, right? Because uh, Donald Trump gave a speech and I guess it was kind of off the, off the hook as usual, right? <laughs> Donald Trump does a crazy speech. Off the What's history. new? Uh, and then MSNBC, <laughs> NPR and other networks cut away from Trump's election oh, press conference. Pause it real quick. That's- he sounds like a cartoon. <laughs> he does. I bet he's done voices for cartoons. That would not surprise me. Uh, yeah, casting call for a duck from New York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. continue. Weird. 
I know he's saying a bunch of stuff that you don't agree with, and it might be factually incorrect. Uh, but that's what the president has always done, said stuff that is factually incorrect. You don't cut away. What you're supposed to do is you air what the president says, and then you do analysis of it. So this this talking that Trump was doing, in the middle of it, the network's just like left. They're like, well, right. he's saying things that aren't are factually incorrect, so we're we're bugging out. And it's a they've started doing that more and more. And I, I agree with him on like, uh, nope, if, if it's wrong, talk about it after, but he yeah. is the president. We don't want to get in this pattern of, it's the equivalent of like sticking your fingers in your ears and going la, 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 la. It's the president on election night cutting away from that is like, yeah, okay. well, there's other news somewhere else. I'm like, really? I think it was a couple <laughs> days after the election. Even e- so either way, yeah. like uh, your point is, is yeah, the important is important, which is we, we just can't stand the the hate for the other side, and this is not. It's so strong. The tribalism is so strong that like people can't even help themselves to try to engage in in what's going on. Like it's it's just I I've got to run away. I can't even I can't even take it anymore. And in a weird way, it's like this. It creates a no. You shouldn't you shouldn't listen to this. We can't trust people to make up their own mind. So we're going to pull away. And that, that version of prohibition ends up with a backlash effect that means a lot more people voted for him than, than people thought, because there's this consistent media is not just doing its job. I should say news media reporters are going above and beyond the call of duty and they're editorializing in the guise of reporting and I think a lot of people were secretly sick of it. So even if Trump loses, it was a lot closer than people wanted it to be. But let's continue and uh, get to door on Colbert. So Stephen Colbert couldn't take Trump's speech <laughs> last night. And this is not comedy that you're going to see next. This is not comedy. At first, I thought Colbert had brought back his old character and it just wasn't funny. <laughs> but this is this is literally what this is what he's doing. This is for real. So we all knew he would do this. Starts crying right away. <laughs> He's breaking down. This is this is what makes him break down. Trump's speech last night. I'm not kidding. He's such a good guy. What I didn't know is that he would hurt so much. <laughs> what? I didn't expect this to break my heart. <laughs> For him to cast a dark shadow on our most sacred right from the briefing room in the White House, our house, not his. Hold on just a second. Wait, it- could the listeners hear the sound of Andy rolling his eyes? Because oh it was gosh. epic. Oh my gosh. What uh, What he's really saying is... I can't stand the sound of Trump shitting on our touchdown is really what's coming through because if he genuinely cared about what really came out of the, uh, of, of the presidential place, then the fact that he's crying over that and not crying over military actions. (laughs) We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, all right. You're picking up what I'm laying down, Andy. Oh, my gosh. And it's all going to circle back to my narcissism because it involves what was my version of the red pill, uh, which has been mentioned before, but... um, Okay. 
All right. Sorry. I don't mean to but, steal your thing. No, you're good. This also is used to the word sacred, which is triggering to Jimmy Dore. Um, and he should goes, be triggering to all of us. Y- yeah. It's, it's very much like, oh, we are in a civic religion. This is, this is how Rome was. They had their rituals and the things they did and it, you honored them. And it's like, right. Caesars were, it was like a, there was an overlap with deity with how the, the, mm-hmm. the Roman emperors yeah. were seen, right? Caesar is Lord. Yeah. Is, is how they, and Caesar was the son of God. And, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of that imagery, the gospel writers will play with that. And, uh, basically it's the middle finger to Caesar. When you talks about Jesus is Lord, it's not just saying a, a statement of fact, although they were doing that too, but they were using phrases that were used of Caesar and they were transporting them to Jesus to basically be like F you Rome without yeah. actually being violent about it. And mm. now all, all it is, is a salad. Continue. <laughs> That is devastating. <laughs> he besmirched the briefing room <laughs> in the White House where the president directs his secretary to go, press secretary to go down to the briefing and lie to the press on the regular. You mean the, the briefing room? The, the old sacred of sacreds. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the briefing room where 20 lies are told per minute. Since it was built by slaves. Which is a heavy statement, but there's a lot of truth. The press secretary's job, forget about Kaylee. She is a, a powerful figure that is very polarizing, but any press secretary, their job is basically to spin, which is a nice way to say they tell lies. Uh, very often to put the best light on whatever the president's doing. And that is a tradition that goes back forever and ever. And that's why I love how he's the sacred space. (laughs) Even though Colbert was talking about the right to vote being sacred, you could, you can hear it in Colbert, this whole thing, the, the relief valve of Biden potentially being elected of bringing dignity back to this office is very religious talk and very reverent in a way that I think is inappropriate. And I think when it happens on all sides, it's disgusting, but you guys tell me when to stop. Uh, Cause I'm just going to play the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds like we had a fourth person in here who was a woman. Well, hurry. I got a colonoscopy appointment, so let's keep it going. <laughs> all right. Well, this goes back to, uh, a couple minutes ago, he said, it's not your house. It's our house. Oh, Colbert right, said, right. it's our house. The White House is our house. The wh- By the way, Stephen Colbert, the White House is our house? I've never ordered a drone strike from my house. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone else ever ordered a drone strike from their house? It's not our house. It's not my house. And it's not sacred. This is like a little boy who can't believe that there isn't a Santa Claus. You mean the presidents are all assholes and war criminals? Yes. Oh, it hurts. What the fuck? Thank goodness. Every president since since World War II is a war criminal. Every one. That the sacred briefing room. <laughs> He's got more to say. He's devast it was devastating what Trump said he said. Devastating. Giving that much power to anyone, like giving that much power over your own life and your own reaction, like that should be a gut check moment 
for, for people. Like if you are that deeply affected, then just ask yourself, why, why is that so dominating in your life? Why, why are you so, so deeply penetrated by any other person's words at all? Yeah. Jeff, you're just soaking it in. Uh, I'm thinking about purpose that people have lost their purpose. They are entrenched in the, the systems that they're in and, and Colbert, Van Jones, they're all in the entertainment industry. And this has been, I mean, they've probably been shoveled so much junk that they need to play out and play whatever this side. And it's like now that, you know, if they probably go back five years and then they look at where they are today, they'd be like, I'm a hot mess. Like what, how did I get this way? Colbert? I'm like, I love that guy. And I'm like, what in the heck is going on? Yeah. Lisa and I were watching it and uh, that's what I said. I'm like, I, I still like Colbert. I mean, in general, I like him, Yeah, but I, I'm not on board with this, the tone of, of, of this. And uh, as he gets going, there's two more clips. Um, don't get distracted. He lists, he gets on a rant and he lists a bunch of different things. Don't get distracted by an individual thing that will, that I don't think that that's not the point. What he's going to do is show what has been lurking under the covers of the dignity, quote unquote, of the office of the presidency, uh, forever. And what he's going to do is use Obama as an example to come at the hypocrisy from the left. Cause he's basically speaking Colbert's language. So I, I got to reiterate it's, uh, he despises Trump, but he sees, he sees the system for what it is and how, what most people care about is, is the dignity and all that stuff. And he's just going to kind of rip the veil off of that and stop me anytime. This, this is heartbreaking for the same reason that I didn't want him to get COVID. Certainly why I wanted him to survive because he is the president of the United States. That office means something, and that office should have some shred of decency. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Do you know what he's saying? He's, the office of the president matters. Office lives matter. <laughs> <laughs> office lives matter. The office of the president, you know, that, <laughs> that, that office should mean something. You know, the office of the president, the office whose alumni consists of a who's who of fucking war criminals. It should mean something, that office. You know, when Barack Obama was launching drone attacks on poor brown people for, at the behest of oil companies, Israel and Saudi Arabia. You know, when he was killing nine out of ten of those people killed with those drones or innocent people. That, by the way, I think is a Pentagon, Pentagon statistic. The nine out of ten, basically, nine out of ten are not "quote unquote" combatants. That office has to stand for something. You know, when Barack Obama dropped so many bombs in Syria that they ran out of bombs at the behest of Israel and Saudi Arabia and the oil companies, 
You know, they ran out of bombs. You know, Barack Obama tortured. He ordered torture of Chelsea Manning from that same office. You know, Barack Obama ordered the prosecution of journalists and whistleblowers from that same office. You know, Barack Obama opened the Arctic to drilling twice at the behest of Shell Oil whenever they asked from that same office. You know, Barack Obama ordered the building of cages to house immigrant children from that same office. You know, Barack Obama ordered the gassing of immigrants at the border from that same office. For eight years straight, Barack Obama ordered the bombing of black and brown people across the world from that same office. Turned Libya into a failed state with open slave markets, murdering people and 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 creating a safe haven for terrorists and funding ISIS from that same office. Deep breath. No! (laughs) Oh my gosh, man. You can't say that about... Insert my guy's name. No! (laughs) I can see see CNN running that in in five seconds and like, oh, okay, there's a lot of false stuff. We're not even going to hear that. Commercial break. (laughs) Let's check back in with Kenneth Copeland. This is less about dunking on Obama. It isn't about that. No. It's, it's about the fact that when you place your hope, love, joy, and, and you know, idea of a better tomorrow in the person of the president, that you either have to turn the other way and construct a narrative that's not based in reality so that you don't have to deal with cognitive dissonance I don't know what the actually I don't know what the alternative is. Or yeah. you or you or you come to terms with it and you recognize that that person is a human and they are running an agenda and guess what? It may be counter to what you were expecting it to be. And the system is such that I I believe Obama just like I believed uh, Trump and I believe Bush before Obama, they all ran on kind of a non-interventionist foreign policy on like, let's, we need to get out of places we don't need to be. And they all won partly because of that. And the system is bigger than any one man. We're going to close Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that, okay, number one. That might be Trump's best attribute, in my opinion, is that nothing new really was started. He didn't pull out like he said he would. A couple of times he said he was doing it for Syria, but nothing really changed. Um, Maybe Stormy Dan- Daniels. He, he that's might, different. He might have pulled out there. He, well, <laughs> you never know. Man. Maybe he's pro-birth control. <laughs> uh, I mean, he he did do the... He did strike a little bit of a peace accord in the Middle East. He's got a couple of those too. Which is goes on... Yes, there are a few things. No new wars. If you hate (laughs) Trump, and I I don't blame you, there's a lot to not like about him. Uh, There's a couple things that's like, well, that's that's not. He was able to do that. He was able to pass uh, prison a little bit of a criminal justice reform called the First Steps or First Start, First Steps Act, something like that. um, That I think is a step in the right direction. So anyways, um, we got one more clip. Let's do it. And um, I'm super excited for thought, this one. But we'll just keep So going. it didn't bother him when Barack Obama was doing all that horrible shit that made people so desperate they voted for Trump. 
None of that stuff bothered him. When Barack Obama was militarizing the police, when Barack Obama was repealing habeas corpus so Trump could send his goons into Portland, that didn't make you, no, none of that didn't bother you. None of that That is a good example of how if you give somebody the power to do something, it's going to be used against later you. on In the against way that you, you didn't by expect it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And so that's what we really got to really got to question that. I, I really encourage people um try not to say it really again. That man the the power yes, you guys get the picture. You know you you know the thing bothered you. When Barack Obama was deporting more Hispanics than all the other presidents combined, did that bother you? No, it didn't bother you. When Barack Obama was putting fracking pipes on, did it bother you? No, it didn't bother you. When Barack Obama was letting it play out up at Dapple, that didn't bother you. Didn't bother you. What was that? Yeah, what was that? Play out up at Dapple. Something Trump made people so desperate they voted for you. No, none of that didn't bother you. None of that bothered you. When Barack Obama was deporting more Hispanics than all the other presidents combined, did that bother you? No, it didn't bother you. When Barack Obama was putting fracking pipes on, did it, did it bother you? No, it didn't bother you. When Barack Obama was letting it play out up at Dapple, that didn't bother you. Didn't bother you. Something Trump, Wait, some was uh, that play out at Apple? Up, up or was it something else? Play out up at, up, up, up up at, at Dapple. Dapple. Maybe play out up, up, up at, at Apple. Apple. Is that what he's saying? Wait, what's going know. on at Apple? I don't know. <laughs> Idiotic thing that Trump said bothered him. Or Boy, if that's what did it bother you? <laughs> something Trump, some idiotic thing that Trump said bothered him. Boy, if that's what fucking makes you have a breakdown, wait till you see Joe Biden's kill list. Yeah, wait so- till you see pictures of the fucking genocide in Yemen. Joe Biden did, and that's. <sighs> This harkens back to a discussion that I had months ago and we talked about on the podcast, which was, uh, it was a telling moment for me when I was speaking with some friends who basically said they cared more about a speech than they did about policy. And then, and it was that moment, which was eye opening for me was their perception of the office was the thing that was the driving factor for them, which honestly, like if I'm being super critical how selfish is that? That is the most selfish position ever that you're saying, I need to feel good about what this person says on screen versus what they actually actual do. Fruit. Well, Bill Clinton is a perfect example of presentation in the midst of a... I, we don't have to go back that it's, far. This is no. I, his example I of Obama that. is maybe the best because Obama is it, he's an incredible we, political we specimen. Maybe maybe the most like the most skilled politician we will ever see. Incredible talent, an incredible political talent. But but the point was when there is a and apparently it's an increasingly large percentage of people who cannot separate these mm. two things. And, and I, I was blown away. I was like, Oh my gosh. So I, I would love, like, I would love to play that clip for so many friends and go, are you okay with this? Yeah. Would you, are you, would, if you had to go back in time, would you make that trade again? Right. Well, you're cherry picking Andy. Well, I love, <laughs> Man. It's what it is every single time, even though it's over the eight, top eight, craziness. Eight years of... <laughs> right. Do you know, um, like, the term whataboutism, 
is yeah, what about it? Well, why didn't you tell me? Why don't you go ahead? What about why, that? Why don't you tell I will. me, Zach? What, what Thank about you. It, Zach? Um, what aboutism is a thing that I caught that it's coming out a lot. I think it goes way back, but basically like Trump's doing these things. Left calls the right out on what Trump is doing. Pick your pick your whatever it is. And the right says, well, look, Obama oh, yeah. did that. Yeah, I know. Obama did that. It's like you're talking to kids. This well, is you not, did it. This is not. <laughs> this, yeah, <laughs> you you did that, too. And nobody's stopping to go like, maybe we fucking shouldn't be doing this thing. Like, you don't like it. And we're trying to throw it back in your face by saying, well, you did it, too. It's like, so maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Maybe we need to reexamine how we handle yeah. uh, kids at the border. I understand, like, s- some of the rights reaction to the cages thing is like, well, if you break a law in this country, you get separated from your kids, which is true. They'll, they'll haul your ass to jail Mm -hmm. if you break the law. But I feel like there, maybe we could examine how to do it better or how to do it in a way that is the most humane possible, uh, understanding it's going to be complicated and not perfect no matter what you do. Anyways, um, now that we just solved immigration, thank you. (laughs) Uh, the whole whataboutism thing, like, let's talk about we shouldn't be doing this from the beginning or how can we fix this thing that we keep but this talking is, like children back and forth. This is, uh, I feel like in, may, maybe it's not new because what about, what about ism is not new, but being able it's to ramped up, being able to live with uh, like the cognitive dissonance. I don't think we, we have just been rejecting it wholeheartedly. The moment something does not fit the narrative that we've constructed for ourselves and for our tribe, we're just like rejected at all. Like, I'm not going to examine it. I'm not going to accept it. I'm not going to try to take this, pick this apart at all. I will reject it at face value and then turn around. Yeah. And like, dude, pump the brakes, take a look at this thing. And like you're saying, if the call a spade a spade, regardless, yeah. be, be okay with saying, yeah, this didn't work. Like we said in the last episode, you know, while I disagree with so much of it and at, don't totally believe them at least in the last congressional hearings with the tech companies there were some common reactions of hey we we got this wrong or we're gonna get this wrong or we may in the future like there was some concessions there uh people can argue whether or not you know again it was genuine or not but the point is at least being able to say, yeah. I believe Dorsey's beard, though. And the nose ring. You can't say no to that. You can't. It sucks you in like a magnet. Uh, so. Jesus, am I right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did say the F word, which I haven't in this podcast in a while, and I blame Scott being gone. Usually I look at Scott's beautiful face and body just sitting there across from me, and which Andy That's gross. intentionally places gross. him directly across from me. Yep. Usually I'm staring at him and I know he really cares about kids being able to listen to this podcast for some reason. <laughs> um, so, but I don't honestly. This week on Babies, Bibles, and Beer. <laughs> Babies, Bibles, and Bottles. <laughs> oh man. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I we could go so many different dra- Oh, wow. <laughs> Oh, you know, at a certain point, I don't believe him. I feel like he's doesn't think it's that funny. Was it at the 
30 or 45 second mark of the ha-has <laughs> when he starts to get lightheaded because he's exhaling too much. How does somebody like that maintain credibility? I mean, he declared COVID gone. So, How do they rationalize that cognitive dissonance, Andy or uh, Jeff? He declared it gone seven months ago. Well, I, in college, I had a, I was in a persuasion and propaganda class and part of our class, we got to come down to the Honda Center, and there was a uh, there was a, a crusade, I guess, and it was a Benny Hinn crusade. And basically, we were asked to go down there, and and I went to a Christian college, and we were asked to go down there, and basically just just take notes. And and leading up to this point, we'd been working on identifying all of the different areas of, of um, persuasion, all these different like tactics that people use for mm-hmm. persuasion. And some of it was like identifying logical fallacies. It's a super interesting class. I really enjoyed it. And there's some debate that we did in it too. But I went to this Benny Hinn crusade and, you know, they packed the Honda Center, which is where the Mighty Ducks play. Mm-hmm. So what, how many thousand, 30, 20, yeah. 25, 25,000 right around yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. 20,000 maybe. And, and it was a very similar group of people. They tended to be, um, lower middle class, um, like looking like they were maybe had fallen on rough times. And, and so obviously like I'm, extrapolating a little bit i'm I'm making assumptions mm-hmm. and and uh, lumping people in but in general it there was a perception that there were a lot of down and outers and without getting into too much detail i walked away from that and and I, I caught myself in the middle of it so in the middle of it i'm sitting there and i'm just marking them down i'm like oh my gosh i'm marking down these these various persuasion tactics that are being used on the stage and and every single one that I'm marking them down, I'm like, oh, it's like, it's bumming me out more and more. And I'm looking around and it's being, it's just been eaten up. Like mm. the people all around are just, because they look just desperate and mentally, emotionally, spiritually hungry. I'll, I'll eat the sand. Whatever. <laughs> what, yeah, yeah. Give me something. And it's mixed in with, I don't know how many there were. There were multiple, uh, calls for tithes mm. like multiple times through the mm. night and uh and it felt it felt gross and it felt like they were taking advantage of people and it also felt like those people were okay being taken advantage of i don't i don't want to I, I it's hard to know i mean it happens i would hope it wasn't they they weren't knowing participants in what was going on but at the same time i mean you're you're an adult and you're in this situation regardless it it was it was gross it was uh in, in seeing this i don't know how we got over here to this their faith is so much stronger than oh, yours andy is that the we're, laugher we're getting the laugher copeland oh the copeland how do people laugher. take him seriously he's got this ministry he's a yeah definitely taking advantage of people and he's a kind of a word of faith prosperity guy and there, and and maybe that that's what it is. Is that it? The people that are drawn to that, uh, at least when, the ones that I saw for a Benny Hinn crusade, were man, the the well was dry, mm-hmm. and it was 
they were just looking for something. They were looking for a drop of cool water and just just tell me something and make me think it's going to be okay. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I know a lot of, not a lot, but I, I've come across many people that are, you would say, are down and out. Yeah. And they they give a lot of their last pennies to the church. And I'm like, I, gosh, I don't, I don't know if, if, if we're, if that's the action were to be taken, but ta- being taken and, and I don't think they're being taken advantage of. I don't think they're, they think they're being taken advantage of. I think that's where their faith lies. And I realize you're, you're, painting a picture of man they are this Benny Hinn uh, crusade is is playing to their weakness and yeah. preying on their it vulnerability felt, and that yeah. that sucks it, it felt like that yeah well it's hard to know I do have uh, if you guys are ready we can uh, engage do my colonoscopy engage feedback uh what i got a piece of feedback shut up no i will not that scared me get the dog out of here all right listener we got a rating slash review on apple podcasts it's a bit of uh i'll call it constructive criticism Oh, nice. Are you guys ready for this? Yeah. This is from uh, Sam Kindle on uh, Apple Podcast. Three stars. Oh, the rare three star. It is rare. That uh, might be the rarest. Almost. Yeah. I mean, let me just tell you, coming from Amazon where we invented the star reviews, uh, the three star is like a unicorn. It's usually just the, you know, bookends. You're getting, this was the best, or this was the worst. Right. This is, you're not good enough, but it's encouragement. Because no one usually feels strong <laughs> enough. If, if, if they either feel, if they don't feel so strongly one way or another, they're not going to leave a review. So that this guy felt clearly in the middle and left a review is weird. Let's hear it. I'm curious. Although Sam could be unisex, or it is, it's used both ways. Sam and, so. and Kindle, both of those. Uh, echo chambers and lack of representation, three stars. So let me be clear. I loved these guys back in the day. I was a dedicated listener for three years. They were one of those pods that really connected with me at a point in my life where I needed a fresh take on faith. When Andy joined, I liked him. Then it got political. I'm not against different views, but they all seem to fall in the same place politically. I could see why he might think that, but that's there's some uh, there's some different. I can see that. That's fair. Um, they all seem to fall in the same. Place. Very much right wing. Whoa, I reject that personally. The George Floyd happened, and they went off the rail. They went of the rails between insane conspiracy theories and making Jesus a libertarian. I was like, heck no. Okay. Then the okay. lack of minority representation when discussing race, when dis- 
Oh, it says it twice. Then the lack of minority representation when discussing race, when discussing race is concerning. I wouldn't say they fell off a cliff if they are slowly moving towards one. Ooh. So this is a great review. It, it is. It's, um, there's a lot there and I, oh, was that it? Yeah, that's oh. it. I'm sorry. It wasn't long enough for you. Does, um, does this person know that Scott's black and Asian? <laughs> is he? Well, I don't if think he's black. Kamala is, then so is Scott. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, that's Jeff, Sam. That's Jeff. His opinions are his own. My, uh, right, Scott my, is right, wing, my right wing just stuck out. <laughs> it's safe to say Jeff is right wing. I'm right. And then and I'm on the wing. You know, Scott's probably libertarian right wing. Uh, and he's probably in that vicinity. Maybe I don't no, know. No, I, took, I took a test. I'm clean. I'm <laughs> like 94% libertarian. Okay. And I, yeah, with I, like 6% COVID. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is interesting. I, I do agree that, um, we are not a political podcast, but this season yeah, has been such that it's kind of taken over everything and we've yeah. responded in kind and I would not be opposed to uh, rising above all that and transcending that and uh, getting wanna, back to basics yeah, I a little get bit. out of this crap. Sam, I've been feeling what you've been reviewing and uh, this that's this is my fault. Thank God Today, for Sam. Yeah, Sam it's totally if, your fault. If you made this made it this far to hear this, Sam, I I truly appreciate uh, re-reviewing us. I don't know if you reviewed before, but if you did and now you're re-reviewing, kind of updating, I appreciate that. And I encourage anybody to do that as well. Uh, and, and all people to rate and review us. And I don't want to argue against him too much no. because he can't really speak back, but nope. I will say we did have Brian on right in the midst of kind of the peak of the, right. uh, yeah, the, the I don't even know what you refer to this as the season of turmoil and strife in 2020 racial, race. racial turmoil yeah. and strife and we had Brian on and um, Brian's black and and we specifically had him on because he came with a pretty unique perspective um, but you know I, I don't, I'm curious I, I would I would wonder what the other perspectives are I mean maybe we could have other folks on who come with different perspectives too. I'm, I'm game for that. I, all we can do is speak from our own perspectives and that is going to be very limited. Uh, so yeah, reaching out to other voices is fine, but at a certain point, and actually I would like to, I would like to hear more, uh, voices, but, uh, ultimately it will fall short. And I encourage you if an episode's pissing you off, it's okay to press stop but make sure you download and then just scroll through. So it plays to the end. Uh, so we get that complete play that would do us a favor, <laughs> but I, we're trying to build our base so we can get advertisers. Yeah. The Jesus is a libertarian. I, I feel personally attacked. Um, I, I would just say I could see how he, he would get that. And my, I, I just want to say that Jesus is not a political party. He's not a member of a political party. Uh, not even mine. But if he was. But if he was. My issue with uh, Christians is that we want to put Jesus in a party. 
And so Jesus ends up being a, a Republican or he would act like a Democrat. And I think living a Christian life where you're taking the need care of the needs of your community can look a little socialistic and can look a little communistic in the purest sense of that term, not the political sense. And I don't have a problem with that. Uh, I think the problem is when we try to get uh, something with a monopoly on power, as I've said before, the state to enact that vision of Jesus, that's a problem. And so uh, Jesus would confound and irritate all of us, no matter what our perspective today and call, call all of us to something bigger and better and past whatever our political, uh, our particular political corner is. So I don't think Jesus is a libertarian. Is it that people want to hear their view? Is that it? They want to hear their view. Part of it. I, I can see where he's going though. I actually kind of agree that, um, you always agree. You don't want conflict. Well, I, I don't, in some way, you partially agree. With I don't people. have a problem with us being who we are, and that's the lane we're in, and we're all open to change, but we we can't speak beyond our experience, and so that's going to be limited to our experience. And so, well, I don't want to gloss over the fact that he's really happy that I joined. but he also says then it got political and you know for three years i was very happy but then andy came on there's a little bit of that i couldn't the writing is a a little unclear uh whether he's blaming you for the political shift but i'll just say for myself everyone knows i set the political calendar of when elections happen so that's how it goes yeah we definitely fell victim to the, the the time and place uh, but I, I would be all for getting back off that and back to things that transcend. Yeah, definitely. Two Chronicles next episode, for sure. Both of them. <laughs> well, boys, what have you been consuming this week? What's what's Or what's been consuming you? Oh, my gosh. Money. We just talked about it. <laughs> A lot of YouTube. <laughs> oh, man. Money, 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 but, money. No, but seriously, thanks. Uh, what was his name, Sam? Sam, Sam Kendall. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sam Kendall. That's a good review. I like the honesty in there. And the three stars, felt like, that felt like you were conflicted. And it came through in your review. And it came through in the number of stars. It's like, uh, this could get worse, or but I kind of have hope. Maybe, maybe they won't go off the cliff. Sam, hang in there. Next week, two Chronicles, just for you. Yeah. And hey, can you imagine what would happen if... Uh, the, let's say Supreme Court, uh, state Supreme Courts. We said we're not going to talk about push this. everything back too late. Push everything back, and and they're like, oh, Ugh. Trump wins, and we'll be in for another four years. It, pff, World War Three. You know what, Jeff? Civil shut the War front II. door. Uh, you know, speaking of consuming things and tying in with that review, like Sam was at a place three years ago where he needed something, a little something that we were offering. I've experienced the same thing with podcasts that I still listen to, yeah. but the honeymoon phase is over. I really enjoyed it and I needed them. There's a few faith-based deconstructing type, uh, a little liberal Christianity podcast that I've, I've listened to and still listen to, but the frequency and the voraciousness of my consumption is changing because I really needed to know that there were Christians that didn't, that thought differently than what I, I thought before. Yeah. And that was okay. There's other people out there. And so 
you know, it, it's possible you're in a place, Sam, or anybody else that you need us for a while and you take a break. And we're also changing. We're not going to be the same forever. It's not going to be the, your same podcast that you knew, know and loved forever unless you change like we do. So I agree that politics... Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, oh. I got to come clean. Whether Joe wins, Donald wins... It, God damn it. It doesn't Jeff. matter. It doesn't matter. It's I'm, <sighs> When it's all done... I'm a Jesus guy. So, yeah. Good night. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about politics anymore, but did you know about that? <laughs> 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 all right, boys. Well, What are you consuming? Well, I don't know. I thought um, we were done. No, I thought no. we said we were consuming all this. We have this been, is what yeah. We, what we've been doing. It's fine. Yeah, it's... Uh, there's nothing. There's been nothing super special. I watched a young lady dominate at chess in a fake television series. That was really good. Queen's Gambit is a good one. Uh, I have been consuming a today was my first day as in a new role, so I'm consuming a whole bunch of new stuff at work, which will continue for another probably several weeks. But um, but other than that, we had a little Dungeons and Dragons on Sunday. <laughs> yes. Yeah, a little Dungeons and Dragons. So that's not say, something right wing people do. No, it's not at all. And let me tell you. I led I led our squad to success that day, and uh, we achieved what we were trying to achieve. Did you pillage an appropriate amount? Uh, you know what? I'm trying to teach the rest of them that every move does not have to be go in for the kill every single time. We can use uh, other means of persuasion to get what mm. we need, which we did. We had a kill-free afternoon which came out of a week before where my daughter killed a, a, a key person. And she didn't realize it. Ooh. And it and it kind of messed things up for the game a little bit. And when she realized it. And when she realized it, it was, she was like, oh, oh no. Oh no. Shoot, what did I do? Knowing going back, no now, going back. Now, Wait. it didn't help that my niece literally cried. Oh. <laughs> like it took it, took it, it which was a little too dramatic. Um, but she's an actress, so maybe she got to flex her. Um, acting muscles but that doubled down and so my so my daughter's like oh gosh oh no now i've blown it for the whole group or whatever so it was a good learning lesson lesson for her which is you know use your words use your words and less magic (laughs) less magic more funk illusions michael <laughs> I did jump back into uh, Arrested Development. Oh, that's a great one. Uh, just dove into se- season three, like middle of season three. It didn't matter. It's right back in there. Yeah, good. Yep. I'm glad you guys are having fun. All right. All well, brosbiblesbeer at gmail.com, brosbiblesbeer and all the socials. Let us know what you think, whether it's a review or not. You can leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash pod. And uh, hey, we like the feedback. Give us that feedback. This is a new feedback song. (laughs) 